This is the M3 Entertainment Bearcast for American Horror Story Hotel. Hello, freaks and geeks and all things sheep in the world of American Horror Story. I am your host, Marco Estes, and this is another edition of the M3 Entertainment Bearcast for American Horror Story Hotel. Tonight we're going to be discussing episode 7, which was called Flicker. And right off the bat, I'm just going to let you guys know we will not be here next week because American Horror Story Hotel will not be here next week. So you will tune them back in December 2nd after a two-week hiatus for Thanksgiving and whatnot. So... Before I go any further, let me introduce my co-host, um, Malcolm Travers. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You can um, hit me up at uh, Mail Media Mind and mtravers29. And my other co-host, Chris Sutton. Hey, I'm Chris Sutton, um, founder and editor-in-chief of the LGBT Update, and you connect with me on social media at impact, I-N-P-A-Q. Okay, so let's just get right into it because um, we got a lot of revelations tonight, and I was thrown aback. It was like, it was like, you know, it's like, oh my god, they took it real back. I mean, I could kind of <laughs> guess, but you know, I was glad to see that we had uh, um, how they say it, uh, um, Countess flashback, mm-hmm. and we finally found out how she got made into the person she is today. Who Creator, mm-hmm. um, and what the hell was the connection between her and John? Um, J- um, James Marsh. We also found out more about John Lowe's, you know, descent into madness, and that's pretty much it. That was the only two damn storylines going on uh, this week, which kind of was a good thing in my personal opinion, um, because. It was focused. It was a little more focused this week. You know what I'm saying? Everything was a little bit more reined in, and uh, especially after last week, you know, with the whole murdering of oh, I forgot Tristan, and um, you know, the whole love story for Liz Taylor, um, and the plot to kill the babies, reveal of what was in room 33 and the murder house and all that stuff. This was a more con- like condensed and well, in my personal opinion, plotted episode, and it kind of both stories kind of um, held each other up pretty well. Even though John Lowe was still and I'm trying to find a damn Ten Commandments killer and uh, all this stuff like that. Listen, but. like, <laughs> 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 like I mean, he's like the worst component of this show so far, to be honest. Like. I don't know. Like to me, like every time he comes on the screen, it's like I don't care. Like I really don't <laughs> care about you. I don't care about the storyline. But yeah, yeah. The Ten Commandments killer is like the least interesting thing happening. Yeah. In the entire yeah. show, like you're worried about that. Like there's so much other things going on. <laughs> right. Like it's so meaningless. Anyway, I mean it's. I mean, yeah, it was okay. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's just talk about that. Get it out the way real quick, John. Went on ahead and was still obsessed over the. I can't remember what he did last week. You know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> I actually, I he shot the uh, he shot 
baby Bartholomew, and you know, after they doing that, you know, I think they put his ass in the institution like right then. But yeah. no, he had to go back to his job, which I thought he got. They took his badge. I thought they took yeah. his badge and his for they good. Yeah. They said, "No, you're on." He showed up anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm like, okay, uh, I, 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 I got, I guess, you know. So uh, <laughs> he shows up, made the mistake to try to attack a damn gay black bear. It's Richard T. Jones who flexed his ass. Wait, that's the real reveal. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> Wait, I can't say gay. That's like, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, a, a black. Made a black oh, bear. Excuse me, excuse me. I'm about to hit a Wikipedia retract, <laughs> retract, retract, retract. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, Richard C. Jones, you don't flip, you don't try to. You, you're puny and small. You don't, you don't come right. for a big black bear. Right, right, right. So that's why, that's why I meant to say you don't come for a big black bear. But right. Richard C. Jones flexed his ass. I think he even pulled his gun out of his house. Like I'm gonna shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> And so he gets into the, but he instead of him just leaving, he, he was he was told to leave, but he went on ahead and saw that the suspect for the for the Ten Commandments killer that they have um, found was in the hospital. So he went on ahead and said, "Yeah, I'm going through some traumatic shit right now, so I'm gonna go ahead and check into a hospital." You think? And um. so he gets in there. He's still in his, you know, um. Detective mode, and he maneuvers his way to find his way into the suspect's room. But it turns out it's a little girl who just so happens to be an accomplice to the Ten Commandments killer. And she was turned by the Countess back in 1986 to avoid her dad trying to touch her when she got older. And, um,. When they escaped, so she told John, like, yo, I can tell you where everything's at um, if you get me out of here. So John breaks her out, and then he kept saying, where we got to go? And she said, Hotel Cortez. And then you're like, oh, shit. And then so we knew that she had to go back there, but it was just like, okay, why would you go back? Um, we, besides the obvious that you're one of the counselors' kids. But um, why would you go back? What the what? You know, why is the um Ten Commandments killer there? And she was like, "I really like you, and I just wanted to stop." And then she just wanted to kill herself. And the episode ends. I was like, "Girl, you could have stayed in the hospital and did all that shit." Like, <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> you told you wanted to get out for like, what was the point of all that? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, what did y'all think about all of that? What was y'all? <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, I mean, creepy kids, I guess. This is sort of horror staple, I guess. I know, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, that whole storyline is kind of, yeah. It was kind of, I, I got the... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the only thing that was slightly interesting about it is that you're getting a little closer to what the Ten Commandments killer is. Although, right. like I said, at this point, the Ten Commandments killer is, like, the least interesting thing going on. Like, his body count isn't even as high as half the shit that's going on. Like, was he on seven or eight? I don't know. Right. But I think, you know, and again, maybe I didn't pick up on the cues too well, but I think they kind of gave a really solid hint um, of something that we already pretty much knew, that the Ten Commandment killer is the detective. What's his name again? John? John Lowe. Mm-hmm. John Lowe. Yeah, I, I'm getting the vibe. I mean, they're being very subliminal about it. 
you know, but it, it seems kind of obvious at this point. And, I mean, really his character, because even how he was kind of going back and forth talking to the little girl, kind of explaining to her, like, you know, did he force you to do this? Did he force you to do that? And, you know, when I get him, I'm going to kill him. She's looking at him like, dude, it's you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the vibe that I got. I do too. And how to and like even with the preview with the next episode, how he's going to be at the hotel. I guess he's going to be looking around. Like I think the big reveal is going to basically be Helm, or I don't know if he has like a different alter ego persona, or whatever. But it seems quite obvious that he is the Ten Commandment killer, which makes it even more annoying dealing with all this buildup because it's, it's becoming more and more obvious. And it's kind of like just get to the point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But <laughs> but like like I said again, it, it, it it's. I definitely feel like we're getting closer and closer to that reveal, if that's the reveal, and um, I guess that's some progress, you know. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, like like everybody's been saying tonight. Okay, it's like yeah, we it's obvious now that he is the Ten Commandments killer. If he's not the Ten Commandments killer, then goddamn it, he is some version. I mean, he he knows something. Right. You know, it's like, and... I mean, well, just real quick, like, the fact that he's having all these black house and then waking up in a pool of blood, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah. even if he's not a Ten Commandment killer, like, he definitely has some kind of psychotic, you know, mental state that he doesn't have control of. Like, I think that's quite obvious. Yeah, and so, uh, my only qualm is that when your audience already figures out that, uh, who the killer is or what's, what the twist is, you need to go ahead and serve them like some type of like ding, 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 you correct. Right. You know, because at this stage in the game, I, I'm kind of like y'all, I really do not care about right. the Ten Commandments killer situation unless it has something pertaining to what's going on with the Countess or uh, James March or something like that. And because I'm going to need these three plots to like like the whole James March and um the Countess storylines are intertwined yes. tightly now. And mm -hmm. so especially with the Romano Real and Donovan Revenge plot, that's included in that. And then you got this dangling thread over here that's being stubborn as hell and won't fit in with it with, with the blend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's that. So I mean that's I mean I guess that's all you can say about the, the whole Ten Commandments killer thing. I right. guess they told West, like West Bentley, like, look, we gonna we gonna work with you. We gonna give you something. You know? We gonna we gonna work with you. Don't worry, you can be in every episode. We just gotta figure out how to get that in there. Cause in the back of your mind, like, oh, we got Gaga, right? And <laughs> we got West Bentley too. So, but um, so so don't don't on the whole John Lowe thing. Let's get to the right. fruit, the juicy part of the episode. The Countess backstory. As yeah. always. Well, this just the Countess in general. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This bitch. So, uh, like, Will Drake is finally renovating this goddamn home. We, or, or rather, or rather, we're finally seeing renovations <laughs> take place in this whole thing. Like, by, by episode eight, like, yeah, like, like almost midway past the midway right. part of the, of the season. Now we're seeing some damn sledgehammers and Malice being thrown against the wall. And uh, as soon as he he's explaining to his son he's gonna marry the countess and his son's like uh I thought you like men right. that shit was funny <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like well son you know adults are complicated he said well yeah whatever I I I, right. I, I, I give you that whatever and so like yeah I'm still getting this trust fund I'm good I'm <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
as long as you leave me this damn hotel, I'm fine. That's all. <laughs> so then he, the Drake is brought to a, um, a steel wall that's not in the plans of the hotel, which we all know there's rooms back there. Mm. So they break the steel wall. Two men go in there, push it around. Get ate up by these two creatures. Now my thing was, I thought I was watching the episode of The Walking Dead. Who got some damn walkers inside the wall? Like, we got them. <laughs> we got blood virus, vampires. We got ghosts. We have a, a, an addiction. They were like ripping throats out. You know, yeah. chomping on face. Like, yeah, they were going. Yeah. yeah. They were going in, and so then Iris brings it to the attention of the Countess, and she has this look of confusion on her face. Now, before I go any further in the story, in, in that story, what was y'all initial thoughts at that point in time? Because, like Iris said, she looked at the Countess's face, and hell, me as a damn viewer was like, she like she spooked, you know what I'm yeah, saying? So, yeah. Uh, what did y'all think about that? What definitely caught me with that scene um, is that I, I know they showed in one of the fa- flashbacks with um, is it? It's not. Uh, it's not Will. Who's the creator of the hotel? The architect of the hotel. James March. James March. So I know they showed in one of his little flashback stories that he was actually, you know, um, I don't know if you want to say burying bodies or sealing bodies in the walls of the hotel. So. When I kind of saw, you know, this whole hallway, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like basically a room full of, you know, corpses who have been like, you know, just sealed in these walls, which is like, in my opinion, one of the worst ways you kill someone, period. Um, But when you start seeing these creatures running out, I was like, wait a second now, like, I thought, you know, I would just assume like it was going like, because the two, I guess you could say, um, the construction guys, when they were walking in, they were like, it smells like death. You know, mm-hmm. so I was just assuming it was going to be like a room full of dead bodies. And like you said, it went from American Horror Story to like the Walking Dead combo. You know what I'm saying? Just out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Um, and then when the Countess and Iris showed up, like, I can definitely tell like it was something going on. I thought the Countess, the Countess had a better idea of what actually happened. And she was just kind of keeping it low key. Um but I didn't really know what was going on for a second. I was like, wait, did I switch from FX AMC? Like, what just happened? <laughs> this will be a crossover episode? Because, like you said again, the two creatures, there was no vampire, you know, kind of suave, you know, personality there. It was just like raging, like, I need to eat flesh, you know, type of action going on. So, yeah, it took me aback. I didn't know what to really assume, to be totally honest. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I did kind of like. I guess when the construction workers broke in there, I was thinking like, this is so kind of cheesy horror thing. Like, <laughs> ooh, why are you scared? Like, you're just about to die. Like, you know, right? He's about to get killed. But the way they did it, of course, looked so good that I was like, okay. Well, they had the payoff, even though you knew it was coming. Right. It's like okay. And yeah, yeah um, you know, and they did explain it pretty quickly. I mean, as you're gonna, you know, talk about later on, but. I was just like, at first I was, it was kind of like, this is kind of cheesy. But then as they started getting into the backstory, I was like, okay, yeah. You know, they explained <laughs> it pretty quickly. Like, if they, had, if they had left that a mystery for two or three episodes, I would have been like, this oh, is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So now you got some new mystery monster running around. But, they, yeah, they did explain it. Right. Mystery. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I liked, I mean, 
I like the fact that um, the Countess, um, and what I thought was, okay, this is probably where, um, well, before I say that, let me move forward. Um, I mean, what has happened after that? Um, well, we got a backstory of, like, the Countess. It was just like, it just went like, oh, no, they, they attacked somebody else, I believe. Um, right. Some yeah, they attacked. They attacked um, Marcy from season one. She's dead. You know what I'm Like they brought her back, and then she gave her quick line of shade, and then right. sat there and yeah. then got, took it out. And I was like a little bit upset. I'm like, damn, we don't. There's not gonna be any um, no, 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 no more um, murder house connection. So um, then I noticed because I did not see it when um. The first clip, because I couldn't, it was too dark. But then once I noticed that was, um, because I saw Finn Ritrock, you know what I'm saying, his name, I'm like, what they bringing him back for? He's dead. I said, it must be a real flashback or something like that, you know. Mm. But then when they finally saw him in the room, I was like, I, you know, and then it all came back to me. Oh! And it made me glad that they finally tied something from earlier this season together. Yeah. Her whole you not you remind me of a somebody I used to know, and right. that's her her the guy who signed her. Right. And yeah. so it was just so crazy, and so and then they went back and gave this whole story from nineteen Hollywood nineteen twenty five where she was an actress. I cannot remember her real name, Paula, <laughs> Paula, something, and she was on set while um Finn Ritrox. Um, character whose name was I'm just gonna say Rudy Valentino. Yeah, he was a big actor at the time, and he had a wife that was getting ready to divorce him, and kind of, um, Countess was just enthralled by him, and so he sends her a note saying, "Come by my house." She gets there. I was gonna say old school booty call, like <laughs> <laughs> like so old school, like a note. <laughs> and so she gets there yeah. they seduce each other they get into the little tango and you knew God got to what the hell she was doing when she was doing it. like she tried to teach him like no you do it this and this right. and this and you do not so she had it and then lo and behold here comes his wife whose name has, has escaped me but um, I was going to call her a cat because she kept referring to um, the counselors as a little mouse mm-hmm. and so uh she came down and then became a menage a trois. That's and, you cool. know, they, she, um, the Countess fell in love with both of them. Then she's sitting there, at, you know, she's sitting all timid and everything and everything like that with them. But well, I guess after they did their thing for a couple of weeks, she walked through the hotel quartet. like she run the damn building. Like, her friend, like, where you been? I've been around. You damn right, she's been around. <laughs> <laughs> And so she gets in to the room, which is the open, the grand opening of the hotel, hosted by James March. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she catches his eye, she finds out that her boo Valentino is dead. So she's ready to just end her life until James March is trying um, pulls her back in and it's like, you know, I'm gonna keep you for for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, first of all, if I ask what y'all think about that, the whole scenario up to that point. I was a little upset only because that looked like a complete ripoff of that whole entire storyline 
seem like a complete rip off of American Vampire. Mm. Um, be, ex, except they changed it a little bit. Because when you read American Vampire, it takes place in the night, early 1930s, late 20s, and the main character's name is Pearl. She's an actress on the set of some big movie that's kind of like one of them, like, Biblical, it was a talk. It, was, it wasn't a talkie, but it was just a regular movie. Mm. And she meets the lead actor, who catches her eye. Mm-hmm. He gives her a note, tells her to come back to my house. She gets to his house. It's a house full of men who are, turn out to all be vampires. That's the only difference is that uh, it turns out that Rudy and his wife were not vampires, or not vampires, but not. Did not have the blood virus at the time, so I was like, "Oh, damn, that looks that's too much." I mean, the hair, the costumes, and everything was just too. I was like, "Don't, don't, don't go there, Brian because somebody will be having your ass." <laughs> right. Like he's still as shit left and right. That's a Stephen King written <laughs> comic, and he needs to be called out for it. And so, but besides all that, what did y'all think about? Set up the how the everything tied had tied together. Malcolm, you want to tackle the old school booty call first? <laughs> well, well, I mean it was kind of hot. I mean, like as um, most things, like Gaga is yeah, and she's showing her ass a lot, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice ass though. It is. It is. Yeah. So um, show it, planting it. like it's. You know, it's almost like in her contract that it, she's got to show her ass every episode she's in. Right. It's like, fine. Since I'm just fulfilling my contract. Like, it's, you know, yeah. booty, booty, booty. But, no, it was good. And I guess to answer the question of, like, how, you know, she became a vampire, I mean, like, yeah. eventually. Um, because that was a weird thing. Like, it's, you know, early on in the season, we were wondering. You know, like, he's dead, and she's a vampire. Like, how did that work? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was good. I, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, kind of cliche, like you were saying. Like, it, it definitely is borrowed. But, you know, the thing is, for me, I never... I'm not big on originality. I, I figure, like, if you're going to do something repeatedly, mm-hmm. do it well. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it well. And for yeah. me, I hadn't seen American Vampire, so I don't, you know. Yeah. But it's still a cliche because I'm sure American Vampire, and one you thing know, about borrowed Ryan, from somewhere. One, one thing about Ryan Mur- Murphy is that he really does an incredible job um, paying homage to classics. Um, and, like, he's done this many a times through, like, the whole American Horror Story franchise and even with Glee when he kind of taps into the whole um, film noir type of style. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's nothing really groundbreaking, but he just does a really good job capturing kind of like these period pieces or these period scenes um, and really kind of take you back into that whole era. You know, I guess that was like the whole 1930s, maybe, 1940s, I don't know, uh, film era. So like, it, it felt, you know, authentic, and um, I always... Forget the name of the actor who's playing as um, James March. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. I mean, there's moments where I'm kind of like, he's kind of overdoing it, but still, like, he does such a great job in being able to kind of, like, transition, 
you know, through all these very unique and dynamic characters. Evan Peters, and who was the, um, who was the kid playing as, um, well, not the kid, but the dude who plays that as um, Valentino. I don't know if you know the actor's name. Finn Rittrock. I can't pronounce his last name real well. <laughs> but I'm not good enough. Finn Rittrock. I mean, but he's even doing a really great job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, that whole, that whole scene, the whole segment, it definitely gave us a backstory. Not, for me personally, like, I don't know. I was expecting, like, the Countess to have a little bit more of a more dramatic backstory. Like, I don't know. Like, she's such a badass character now. Um, and just kind of like seeing her her earlier years or whatever, um, she seemed a lot more kind of like and like I mean I guess the whole you know naive young girl comes to Hollywood wants to be a big movie star is common. It really reflects kind of like Lady Gaga's journey, you know, in breaking into the music industry. But at the same time, like I kind of wanted something a little bit more. Like I don't know I don't know what I was really expecting, but I don't know like I was expecting her to be on some like. Blade type shit. Like, I don't know. Like she was like, I don't know, like a maybe she was like a vampire slayer who became a vampire. I don't know. I was like some little bit more edgier, but it was still cool. It still flowed really well, and it really gave us some substance to like what got us to this point. You know, like how she kind of met um, James March, and you know how their relationship connected and everything. And you know, and I mean, I know we haven't really crossed that line, but um, how she allowed herself to kind of become consumed by the darkness of James March. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she fed off of that. Um, like, when she walked to the room and witnessed, you know, uh, James, you know, slaughtering the homeless man. And she was like, um, next time you do this, make sure it's somebody who got, like, some jewels and some coins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, cause we can be getting some money, too. Like, you sit up here killing this dude. I mean, you killing a homeless man. Like, what can we do with this? So, like, you know, like, it, it, it definitely kind of, like, gave us some insight into her her own kind of, you know, dark and demented mindset. So it was cool. It was cool. It kind of went on for a while, but it was cool. Yeah. I was also going to mention, like, the, the dark and twisty sex they had just for, like, a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of like, I was like, oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> And now he's cutting up bodies, so I don't know. Right. Yeah. He gets his rocks <laughs> off either way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I um, I was trying to figure out because I got a tidy in from many things. The only thing that I was gonna say was, which one is the baby's father? Is it was it Valentino or was it uh James March? Because um, yeah. baby Bartholomew, she had baby Bartholomew when she was turned. So, yeah. she had to have been turned in 1926 because that's when the baby was born. So, and then the tonight's episode, uh, the um, flashback, took place in 1925. Oh, okay. So, I know that the women who was reading the gossip mags were saying that she, like, for about a year she'd been coming in, um, you know, which is which makes sense given the fact that, you know, um, given the fact that uh, she was with Valentino and Kat for about all of like a couple of weeks, probably a month, and then they would, then he was dead, and then or dead, and then um, she was you know, with child right after they, after probably the day after they turned her, 
So uh, I don't understand how does she get pregnant and not um, unless. So that makes me think it was James March's baby because if she got pregnant, because see, I believe about with the fact that um, Valentino and um, hell, even um, his current incarnation, with his now deceased incarnation um, of Tristan. And Donovan, they couldn't have because look at the sex they have. And somebody could have got pregnant and all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm believe that James Marsh has to be that child's father because he was alive. You know, so right, and right. she had to have the birth. So throwing it out there for anybody. That's my theory on that. But let's talk about um, Valentino's transformation. He said that um, he was turned by a famous German director. And I'm sitting here right now trying to figure out if this is the guy who did, uh, yeah, this is the guy who directed Nosferatu, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy. So they used a real-life person and said that he was a vampire right. who turned Valentino. And he wasn't trying to, he, he said he knew that there's going to be a movie, the, um, the talk used to going to be the end of a certain era. And he wants to preserve the gods of the area of the era that they're getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. So that's why he turned um, Valentino. Um, and I don't know what y'all think about that because he they, they, they so the virus started somewhere in the German Carpathian Mountains or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what y'all think about that? Well, well, I mean, you know what? Um, once again, Ryan Murphy um, isn't afraid to uh, bring in like real life events, real life characters, you know, into his you know his storytelling. Because uh, you know we got a, a glimpse of um, was it oh, about the Bridges' name? Um, was it Bernie Madoff? I'm saying it right? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, so like I mean, he'll use actual people. And bring them into these crazy ass universes or whatever. Um, it it was kind of like a, a very quick and short way of trying to kind of give us some some substance to the origins of this whole vampire thing this season. Um, you know, without kind of really going in too deep. Um, yeah. And it also gave us a chance, I guess, to get a semi. Because you know what? Like I was about like we got like a semi you know, man-on-man scene with Valentino and the director of, um, of what, what was the film called again? Nosferatu. Nosferatu, um, which kind of plays on the whole concept that a lot of vampires, or just the, the whole, I guess you could say the, the mythos of vampires typically revolves around them being sexually fluid, like, you know, possibly yeah. pansexual or whatever. Um, so I thought that was kind of, you know, sort of kind of dope. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was a a solid way of giving us some, like, real girth to this whole origin story of, like, how this whole vampire thing became relevant within this series. Um, you know, like, I, I could, you know, I I wouldn't mind getting a little bit more backstory to that as well, too, because it was, it was so quick and it was so brief, but, it was enough where I felt, you know, semi-satisfied, you know, certainly. So, yeah. Yeah. Look at me being slow, y'all. Okay, I'm. I learn this stuff as it comes across because I should know 
stuff like this, though, but I did not know that Valent Rudolph Valentino is an actual real person. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, here's what I'm reading from zaptoit.com. The actual Rudolph Valentino does look uncommonly like Finn Whitrock, you know, who takes the second role to play the Italian actor. And his on-screen wife, played by Alexandra Daddario, is like a composite of his two brides. Jean Acker was a rumored lesbian who divorced Valentino after a short marriage. Natasha Rombovo had a closer relationship with the actor and was a costume designer with Daddario's ornate style. In real life, Valentino died young, at only 31, after falling into a coma from a stomach condition. On the show, Valentino fakes his death and transforms himself into an immortal with the help of real German director F.W. Murnau, who made the first ever vampire film, Nosferatu. Work the fuck out, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> 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 that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's pretty dope. And yeah, so, especially if you're like, a, you know, like an old Hollywood junkie in a sense. You right. Know. I definitely know those people who are, you know, film geeks or, you know, would definitely be kind of like, you know, mental masturbating to this, like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Especially Nosferatu, like, I, I'm not too up on it, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, like the first horror movie, <laughs> like, ever, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah, it's close so, to it, and, yeah. yeah, so I can understand, like, if you're a horror fan who loves old Hollywood, yeah, you're probably getting a little mental masturbation from all yeah. this, so. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I am... I am throwing. I'm throwing it back from there. Uh, that's so, your boy. Uh, See, that's your boy. That's your boy, yeah, Ryan Murphy. Like, I, yeah, I <laughs> love this man. And people don't. He and he's always in Scream Queens was just hilarious this past week though. But he's good. He's real good because I swear to God. And I, I guess it goes back to the whole phrase of like a Valentino. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, go ahead, Ryan Murphy. I'm like, okay, because. You learn something new every night, the more you know. So that's what's blowing my mind, y'all, because I thought this was a character he created. But, I mean, he's always played with... Oh. He just froze. froze up. He probably froze up a little bit. We give him... Well, one thing I was... One thing I was thinking about was what's going to happen when these two characters that he's playing meet mm. each other, or, like, how they're going to do that? They, they can't. can't meet each other. Because you want to know what I was thinking, Malcolm? I was thinking, I said, oh, my God, Liz Taylor is going to see him, and, he, and she is going to freak. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. going to be the death. Oh, yeah, I forgot I killed him. Yeah. I forgot yeah. I killed him last week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's Liz Taylor is going to see him, and she is going to freak, and I'm going to be on a bed like this, like, oh, my God, this is so goddamn good. So, <laughs> I, so oh, my God. So, um, long, so... We hear about the characters. Or, huh? or, I mean, he's thirsty, though. Like, he might just eat her. But not to jump too far, but, like, I mean, and correct me if I, you know, miss out on something, but it seemed at the end of the episode, we see Valentino and, you know, and Kitty Cat, or whatever her name was, walk out of the hotel. So yeah. I'm assuming now... If Ryan Murphy really want to be meta and bring him back and have that whole like you know 
clash of familiar faces or whatever, he could do that. But I think maybe that was Ryan Murphy's way of saying, like, okay, we're done with these two characters. Cause they were, well, uh, but then again, considering the fact that, like, um, the Countess found out about the whole thing from James March, and she seemed to be pissed the fuck off, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised she doesn't go searching, you know, for those two. So who knows? Who knows? But I, I noticed they left the hotel at the end, so... It's a possibility they won't be coming back. You know, they're probably going out to feed because right. I mean, because it was kind of reminiscent of when the Countess and Donovan left the hotel True. in the first episode. It was like you know they was going out to get their food and stuff like that, and then on top of that, um, they were talking about how much how long they've been down there because the whole story how they got locked up in there was kind of like what. James right. got pissed when they came back for um the Countess. Um, James overheard what was going on, mm-hmm. and like a jealous lover, he went ahead and beat up, and then he had them drugged to the hotel and trapped inside of a one wing, a wing of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I thought that Iris and um Liz Taylor. We're dumping the bodies down there. Cause you know, we, we still trying to figure out what happens to the bodies when they hit this place. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I thought yeah. that they were feeding them, but for them to be like, we don't know what the hell is going on down there. Then right. lets me know that they don't know they're even down there. And because right. if they got their order, right. and, and if they get their orders from Liz Taylor, not Liz Taylor, from um the Countess, she doesn't have a goddamn clue what's going on. If she if she did not know they were down there all this time, then she then you know. So where I'm still trying to figure out where, where the damn body's going, and you know when they gonna open up yeah. their wing and see all these damn like cadavers like rotting down yeah. there and whatnot. So yeah, exactly. Like if you know, there's no amount of like walls or whatever that would seal up the stench. I'm just thinking like to me, and air, unless it's airtight or something that, but it's not. It's a chute, right? That opens. Yeah. You would think like if they're just sitting down there rotting, the, the smell would just overtake everything. So. They need to explain that. Like, what's, you know, it was kind of reminiscent of um, what was that? The the barber of uh, Fleet Street that I can't remember. Oh, 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 Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Remember, like he was turning them into stew or something. Like they were eating them. <laughs> like I don't know what they're doing with these bodies, but I didn't even know uh, all of that. But like <laughs> now, kind of like oh shit, that's kind of fucked up. But I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just excited that we got some backstory on the Countess. Um, I mean, the way that um, she came down and told James, which I was like, okay, finally we see that they they have some type of deal where they are all they they meet once a month for dinner or something like that. And she came and told him like, yeah, I'm just letting you know that I'm getting married again. Right. He's like, mm-hmm, to, to that fucker who's fucking on the hotel. She's like. <laughs> Yeah, and then he said something. Um, he triggered something like, "What do you mean?" She said, "He like, yeah, I got your two, uh, I got your tenderoni and your um, Judy down there, you know, riding, <laughs> and you know, I could put it there down there too and stuff like that." And she like, "You oh, the council's gonna be like Lucius, <laughs> Lucius, Lucius, Lucius." <laughs> <laughs> I just <do> that, Lucius. <laughs> oh my god, we have a crossover episode, right? No. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah. I 
I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out. I, I think, but to be honest, that's pretty much the entire episode. Unless I left out mm-hmm. something, um, which I'm pretty sure somebody will let me know, and I'm glad if you do because it was a lot. It wasn't a lot to take in, but it was just a you know, if lot to because I was trying to like think back to other you know parts of the season, uh, how this Man. all connects and whatnot, and you know, stuff that we might have tried to have answered in the beginning, and you know maybe some of us answered that we had a question to earlier, and I was trying to figure out you know where this takeoff here. Um, I don't know. Um, anything Listen, else? Going on? I was about to say. I just want to give kudos uh, once again uh, to the costume and makeup department on that yes. because they do yeah. not play around. Like when they say, like when they had a scene where um, the little girl was locked up in the car. I guess it was supposed to be like 1986 or some shit. Uh-huh. The guy guy came in and did like a street fighter punch into the window. <laughs> and, but the whole thing is that they do not miss a beat. We'll make sure Lady Gaga and the rest of the cast, especially Lady Gaga, fits in these time periods because she was 80s glam the fuck out. Like, I mean, every time I saw like, like to me, probably one of the best like costume scenes for Gaga is when she had on like that good old like R. Kelly key sweat 1990 <laughs> outfit. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, like I just felt like. She she just she just gave me the nineties. Like every time I see her in one of the period pieces, like she gives me that era and her look and her attitude and everything. So like major kudos, like yeah. the whole costume and makeup department because they do not play around with that. I was gonna say the same yeah. thing, Chris, because when that when she was doing her nineteen twenty five, I kept having to like tell myself, This is God this Gaga. Yes. You know, and she gave that whole, you know, um, not some quaff, but you know, just like this little, you know, nineteen twenty-six showgirl yes. type vibe. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I, and, I, 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 and I and I know, like you know, again, you know, Lady Gaga, you know, is still kind of like, you know, refine herself as an actress, but um, but I, I don't see her getting nominated for anything, even though I kind of feel like she kind of deserves it. But I feel like folks got to give her credit. Like, she is really giving her all um, for this show, you know. And, I mean, yeah, it's not a huge huge departure from her, you know, on stage persona. But still, like, she's selling this show for me. She really is. You know, Mm -hmm. she's a standout, without a doubt. And it's not just because she has this, like, celebrity status. It's because she's really giving a great acting performance with this role as a counter. So, yeah, I mean, I almost kind of feel like, um, what's old boy named John Lowe? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's another yeah. thing, too. I know you were talking about, like, she was going to be in, like, an eight-episode deal, but I'm thinking that might not play out because I know she's going to be in, well, the episode coming on after this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have a feeling she's going to probably be in a few more episodes. So I, I'm kind of like, my whole thing is that if they want to go ahead and just, you know, allow John Lowe's character to bite the bullet, you know what I'm saying? Lady Gaga can fill that void. The Countess can fill that void. We don't need, <laughs> you know, John. His name is John Lowe, right? Well, his mm-hmm. real name is um, Wes Bentley, but, you know. Okay, John Lowe, Wes Bentley. Y'all can let him go. Like, <laughs> y'all can just <laughs> let him go. Let the storyline revolve around the Countess and what's going on with her in the hotel. Just let that whole Ten Commandment thing go because really, like, we don't need it. But, yeah, other than that, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Malcolm, you got anything you want to add to that? Well, I guess once again, you know, the random woman who gets eaten in her hotel room, like, nobody's looking for her. She just got off the phone with somebody. True. So true. <laughs> like, so true. Yeah. Like, they have to know, like, she just got off the phone where she was killed. <laughs> it's like, like you said this, like, time and time again, like, logic just doesn't really exist when it comes to the people who are being murdered in this hotel and law enforcement. I mean, like, Right. This has to be like the dumbest police force ever. Because, right. Construction like, workers? <laughs> like, they had a work order on this hotel. They just disappeared. They had to have permits and everything, <laughs> documentation. They had, their names have to be on the fucking like city lease to construct, you know, and right. then they're on the job and they just disappear like, oh. See, when they, when they really need to, uh, and again, maybe they've done this in other seasons, but I remember during um, Coven, um, Jessica Lane's character, Fiona or whatever, um, whenever there was like a police presence, she had a, you know, her little magic ability where she could kind of hypnotize or just kind of... Um, I don't know. Like, she could kind of just distract the police somehow with her, her abilities or whatever. And it right. makes sense. That so makes like, sense. That, you know, it yeah. kind of worked, you know. Um, but with this, it's kind of like, because they could easily set it up where the Countess has some kind of, you know, ability to draw people in. Because like, she could clearly manipulate people. So if they even wanted to give her, like, a power where she could, like, somehow brainwash, you know, the police officers that they came in there to... To me, that would work. But the fact that they're not even touching on the fact that all these people are being murdered in the hotel and no one, like, family members are not coming to check to see what's happening. Like, everyone is just ignoring the fact that people are literally disappearing in this hotel. And it's like, there's so many ways they could have handled that, but I guess they just say, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> you know, we got we got Lady Gaga. That would be a big enough distraction right there. No one will really care. No one is going to really pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. I was expecting, like, you know, maybe the men in black come in with the little hand device. Right. That was hard, too. <laughs> you know, some, right. Mine, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I guess the... I'm curious about the... Um, I guess the, the two who sired um, the Countess when they left the hotel. Uh-huh. Um, I got a feeling they're coming back. Because, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know if Gaga's just going to be on one more episode or not. But I would guess that... Um, you know, they would play a role later on and, you know, either after she's gone. Because it does seem like this episode, to me, it did feel like maybe, you know, they're going to get rid of the Countess. Like, possibly. I don't know. But, um... I mean, she got enough people who are like... <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then on top of it, here's what I'm thinking if I end up happening. I kind of hope it don't go this route. But instead of them getting rid of John Lowe's character, or, I mean, West Bentley's character, John Lowe, they're going to do, they're going to say, yeah, Gaga's eight is up. And um, um, Valentino, and I think the woman's name is Natasha. Valentino and Natasha is going to both be the main villains from the rest of the season. Oh, good man. And. But I don't know. That don't make any sense because 
she got she she has to like re, she had to like read up more episodes. I hope Ryan Murphy talking her to doing more episodes because if they get rid of her, then Ramona and Donovan's plan is moot. Unless right. they have this big sure. ass drag out fight next next week, not next week, week after next, and then they go off somewhere. But I'm thinking that um, see Ramona doesn't know anything about. These two being exist in existence, which means that uh, that's gonna probably cause an issue. He probably would be like, "You out here making people like it's important going north." They probably go out and find out the kids, all these kids out here running around, biting people <laughs> and stuff, and you know, and killing their parents and stuff like that. You know, who? It's just so many ways this this story can unfold. But I just pray that they don't get rid of the countess and that she actually we up and this could be a surprise there about like. Oh yeah, she's gonna be here for full season. I'm like, okay, good. I can rest easy. Cause I see the count of episodes that each one go off. Like, shit, she got one more left. <laughs> because I'm, I'm about to say, like, you know, as long as they don't play us like um, um, last season with Circus, where we had probably, I would say, the weakest final villain um, within the whole eight, you know, American Horror Story franchise. With um, what was um, the little um, brat? Um, name yeah. um, Dandy uh, Mott. Yeah, Dandy. Like, I mean, cause ugh, it was just like not only was he annoying, but it just it like I was every episode that he survived. I was like, it's so many ways y'all could kill this character. Yeah. Like, why is he? He doesn't have any special abilities. Yes, he has money. You know, and I guess you could say that's like some type of you know power. Like, works for Batman. Man. It works with Batman, but much. he was an idiot though at the same time. <laughs> you know, he wasn't even smart with it. He was really dumb. In most cases. Yeah. So, like, as long as they don't go the dandy route, you know what I'm saying? As long as they have, like, a, I think, a credible, you know, nemesis, then uh, I can work with it. I mean, hopefully it's the Countess, because the Countess has been, like, just such a boss chick this entire season. Like, if, if they do decide to kill her off early, it has to be worthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It can't be on some wax shit. Just... Worthy and epic. It can't yes. like it can be worthy and epic. You can't just sit there like, oh, she's dead. Next episode. Right. Like, no. Honestly, like the only the only way that they could possibly even like redeem, you know, like the Ten Commandments killers, like if she, if he's somehow involved in her death or something. Or I have no idea. Like I'm just thinking about how the storylines. Yeah. yeah. I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have no idea how they're gonna work that out. But that's good, though. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm ready for something yeah. interesting to happen. So, definitely. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I mean, it was an interesting night. So I mean, yeah, hey, American Horror Story, you know. So yeah, I'm excited to see um, what they're gonna take here. And remember, folks, we're not gonna be here next week. And they said two weeks. I said, ooh. <laughs> and yeah. then, but they're gonna probably do like either one or two episodes, and then they're gonna break for um Christmas, and I come back to probably like mid January, and then finish out the last three or four, mm-hmm. um, because that's that's what they usually do. Um, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm I I we won't be here next week. That's all I'm trying to say. But as long as everybody <laughs> is, it, you know. I'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of theories popping up tomorrow. Like I'm pretty stuff has popped up in my timeline already. I don't have time to sit here and read it. But you know, I will be getting into it tomorrow 
and probably posting stuff in the uh, Free Entertainment uh, Facebook page, and you know, just going from there. So, final thoughts. I mean, we already had your thought, final thoughts. Well, have you already had your final thoughts? Excuse me. Yeah, no. I'm looking forward to it. That's all I can say is that i um, got two weeks. Um, yeah, and they are going to be going on break. But it does get this hairy, like whatever. The, right. You know, those, you're talking about all those kids. I totally forgot about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen? Like a vampire outbreak? Or you know, someone's going to come up with a cure or something? I don't know. Um, you all, you, you, you don't watch The Strain, do you? Neither one of you? I watch The Strain. I watched well, the Strain. I saw the first okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, maybe they'll do a whole crazy, like, strain deal where it's like, you know, the whole entire city becomes, you know, consumed by these vampires or whatever. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll say this much, you know, with my final words, is that um, definitely um, this season has really kind of grown on me because the first couple episodes, you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling it, but, like, there was, again, it just felt like it was an element missing and or just the rhythm wasn't really fully, you know, on track yet. But um, the past couple of episodes, like, I've really, once again, become, like, entranced by the whole American Horror Story just universe again. Um, and, like... Mm. I'm excited to see where it goes, you know, in the next couple episodes. Um, so far, it, it, the momentum is building, so hopefully they can keep that momentum going. And uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm thinking now, like, if I had to kind of grade um, the AHS franchises so far, um, I'm kind of ranking this up, like, at least within the top three, I guess. Okay. Like, so... So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Like, it might kind of beat out um, Asylum for me because my top three is really Coven, uh, Asylum, and I'm I'm just really getting into season one. So, okay. yeah, okay. So, so I can be fully caught up. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen next. So, I'm in. What about you, Malcolm? Yeah, about the same. Um, I think it is. It's better than most of the other seasons to me. Like I, I wasn't honestly like there were things about Coven I had issues with. Although like I would say eighty ninety percent of the season was amazing. Yeah. But um, it's at least up there because I actually put Murder House as one of my favorites actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up it's up there with that at least. And it's not even over yet. So we'll see. Like endings matter. So yes. that was the thing I really. Actually, I like the ending of Freak Show, even though like Dandy was awful. I like the sort of tie-in they did with Elsa or whatever at the end, where she got what she wanted, but yeah. turned it out to be like I thought it was kind of an interesting ending for her. Yeah. Um, and her and her character in that season was the most interesting thing. Definitely. In the show, like she was, you know, she was loved and hated, and it was weird and. You know, the freaky freak show, whatever. Anyway, so yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving this one. There's enough freaks in this one, too. Uh, <laughs> the little children in the school. That was the big pretty awesome. That y'all, you know, y'all not prepared for is the Ten Commandment Killer is going to be Jessica Lane. That's what <laughs> that would be fucked up. I'd be mad as hell. <laughs> I would be 
hot. I would be so mad. She's going to take your little intro <laughs> trademark, like, I'm back, bitches. Oh, <laughs> okay. I would be on the ground, just like in, in convulsing and just like. <laughs> I mean, I would just say, I forgive you because if they bring her back in any capacity this year and just like, like sneak her in there, mm-hmm. then I would be just like, I want her to come back as Constance, though, and be like, you know. With the who who's to say the damn Ten Commandment killer isn't um I, I ain't gonna say that because um Chris ain't finished watching Smart House but uh, <laughs> but uh also Emma Roberts has a role in the latter part of the season and she said oh. once you find out who I am you're going to freak out she's gonna be the same old typical white bitch she's in every season and every show she's been <laughs> in like the past couple of years. <laughs> It, she does be, it so well. She does. But I would be shocked if she came in as um Madison Montgomery and like you know that like, would be so dope. That would be, so be like the the prequel to uh then we found out that this all been a prequel to Coven. Yes, that, like, would be oh. that would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> that would oh. actually yeah that would be kind of tough. It would make sense because you know Madison was like a movie star right. Or a celebrity yeah. mm-hmm. degree, and you know she could have oh, been in L.A. Yeah. and she's like, oh, I need to stay at a hotel or whatever. And I can see like somebody trying to kill Madison, and she's just like, snaps her finger, do some witch shit, you know, whatever. It's like, ah, oh, I don't got time for it today, and just like dips off or whatever. But it it, it could definitely yeah. tie in uh, to hotel. So yeah, that's a that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. So. With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and um get some space. Yeah, that <laughs> and um, Uh, until December second, uh, you can catch us on the regular hangouts until then. Every Friday, um, the entertainment hangout is every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, the regular hangout, the, the male media mind hangouts, are on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can follow us on our blog, which is mailmediamind.com. On our multiple Facebook pages, um, the Mail Media Mind, M3 Entertainment, M3 Music, M3 Undercover, and M3 Life, and M3 Writers. Um, all same pages on Tumblr. You can follow us on our Instagram, which is at, at Mail Media Mind 1, at Mail Media Mind 2, and you can follow us on Twitter at Mail Media Mind. Um, until next time, peace. Peace. Peace.